0: Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natalie Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natalie.
1: Anna Hartfixton, how are you, Anna? I'm well, how are you? And Dill Spears, or should we call you Dillard these days? I'll answer to either. <laughs> And uh, we've got Jake's news. Oh my gosh, can you share with Mike with Anna?
0: Yeah, this is a pretty nice new studio you guys got here. We're, and we're
1: just kind of, we just kind of plopped our remote equipment in, guys, but we're here to talk about podcasting and things, and uh, let's, let's go around, you know, cause it's been a couple years. Kind of talk about your origin stories. Where'd you grow up, Dill, and you know? I was born in Davenport, Iowa. Wow. Uh, moved to Pennsylvania when I was
2: nine. Uh, I've been here mostly in Pennsylvania since about 1990, about 1998. Uh, I was in the Navy for three years after I graduated from high school. So did,
1: did you do uh, a year aloft? <laughs> I, I did. Uh, did
0: a yeah. couple millennia,
2: actually. A couple millennia. Nice. nonstop age jokes from these jokers. Um, I, I, uh, I was in the Navy for three years. I did one med cruise. Uh, six months in the Mediterranean, the Persian okay. Gulf, the Indian Ocean, and then uh, I came back and worked various and sundry jobs, and then uh, I hooked up with Brent Liberty in about 2013.
1: And is that how long it will go? Wow, that's how long ago I met him. We started the podcast in 2018. Was it 2018? Yeah, so we, five years later. And, and uh, you talked last time you guys were on. You were talking about how you would have you'd get together for beers or whatever, and have these big. Big deal conversations about Erie, and you're like, well, "Why don't we start recording these things?" Right? I mean,
2: that is exactly what it was. Brent and I were were on the road together as Urban Pirates for a year, and ten, 10 months of twelve hours a day in a truck with somebody. You better have something to talk about, yeah. and we did. And one day he was like, "We should be recording this. This is great stuff because we crack ourselves up." <laughs> <laughs> like and then it was uh at the height of the uh the midterms in 2018 in 18, like as that sure. was starting to build we're like the facebook comments on all the local news sources are just so toxic so let's get on there and call these people out and it evolved into what we do now which is more of a celebrating eerie because it was like the same ten people all the time, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh my gosh. We, uh, Jake, joined us episode. I want to say four or five, three or four or five somewhere. I there.
0: listened to the first episode and I was like, I want to get it on this. Yeah, and, yeah. And, so and, I think it was like, I think it was it might have been two or three even. Yeah,
2: and, wow. And we used to We started out recording in my
1: basement. Were you? You not in Urban Pirate too, were you? Or?
0: No, we actually did time in the one eight hundred center. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh Jake worked for me
2: at West when he was yeah. what 17 18
0: just turned 18 and um thanks to him I know how to use a belt too. So. Yeah, I was constantly <laughs> getting on him about pulling his
1: pants up. Yeah. So. Oh
2: my goodness, constantly, story. constantly.
1: Um, and now Jake you are on borough <laughs> council in Wesleyville, right?
0: Yep, I sure am. Thanks. Congratulations, you, the former mayor. Thank you. Uh, wish he was still there every day <laughs> uh, But no, it's uh, it's great. I love it. Um, I love the people um, It's learning curve. Yeah in the sense that it it doesn't take a lot to know what you need to do But it takes a lot to realize the way people think when you get in there and you have to work with them it's 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 just something that I think everyone should try at the very well when place.
1: they say it's public service yes it is public and it's service
0: right and, right yeah so you're the face of your community no matter if you're a councilman a mayor um i will say that everyone in wesleyville takes their job very seriously so far terrific um but i i really enjoy it i love it i love when people reach out to me and like hey i don't like this i want to change this it's like oh okay we'll, we'll figure that out you know we'll get we'll figure that out if we can do something like that you know it's it's great. So far, I love it.
2: How far you've come, my friend? Oh. Yeah, oh. God. I've got
0: so much going on. We're actually, I'm also a proud uh, foster parent of two young boys. Oh, good for you. Um, I God bless
1: you. Own. That That is, people don't understand what a sacrifice that is, you know?
0: It's not easy, but yeah, yeah it's. I think everyone should try it too. I think yeah. that's another thing everyone should, everyone that can should do. Um, because we need it.
1: Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's a huge
0: shortage. Anna, I
1: gotta ask you, you, you're like the superstar of the of the group because you're a national reality <laughs> yeah. show star. Tell right, me well, about that was this. that
3: was actually how I met them. Um, so I was before I was on the show, I was friends with Marty Blocke, um, who's since left the show but he set me up with these guys. At least
1: she knows how to pronounce it, <laughs> right? Well, it, that gave us the the best running joke we have for years. I know, year. it's so awesome. I, the the listeners don't know that when Marty was here, I just b- butchered his name, like I'm prone to do every once in a while. So, but uh, but anyway, so you met you met them because you were invited to the show. Yeah,
3: he was like, hey, you know, I he had moved, um, but he was like, hey, you know, they, they'd love to have you as a guest. So I went on, and then it turned into beers afterwards, and shortly. After that was an invite to be on the show.
1: All right, so tell us about your reality show experience. What 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 show were you on, and what was your function?
3: Um, this show is called Exposure. It's um, on Hulu, and it came out last. April, last April. So um, very
1: recently. Yeah,
3: it was very recent. Um, it was actually just a year. My husband looked at me the other day and said, wow, a year ago you got an email that kind of changed your life. So, wow. um, so yeah, I got this random email. I thought it was a scam. It was not a scam. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but so I, I jumped on it and um, spent some time on LA last year. The show is a re- reality creative competition. So think like cooking shows where somebody gets eliminated. There's a big prize at the end. Okay. Um, and it was for photographers. So... The premise was that we were going to use um, cell phones to take professional-level photos in all of these different genres. We worked with a band, we worked with pro skateboarders, um, dancers, we had to do self-portraiture, and then, you know, one by one we got voted off until there was a big winner.
1: So the British Baking Show comes to photography. There
3: basically. you go, yes.
1: And so how'd you do?
3: I did okay. I mean, spoiler alert, I didn't win. But okay. I got pretty far. Uh-huh. I was proud of how far I got. And, and is it
1: still available on demand at, on Hulu? It okay. is.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: And it's it's well worth a watch. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I knew that Anna didn't win, and I was still swearing when she got eliminated.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: this is first ridiculous. Was, first was obviously <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was was honestly fun. I did. I actually did. uh, Listen, my goal going there as this mom from the Midwest. I have five kids. Like I always were you in
1: Erie or were you in Alaska at the time? I was here. I was here in Erie. Yeah, we
3: moved here um, in 2017. Oh, okay, gotcha. Been here for a couple years. and, yeah, I mean, everyone else on the show is, like, from New York or L.A., literally. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm from Erie, PA. I'm amazed that they found you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they found me. So. Oh, my word. It was crazy. So, yeah, uh, I just cool. didn't want to get eliminated Did, first. But, like, is, like, goal. your
1: Instagram feed really epic or what?
3: I don't know. I mean, I've written for some magazines and okay. done a couple, couple bigger projects that they must have found me through there. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, it's, it's – well, again, I mean, we've seen different people – you know, end up on The Voice or different people. Well, of course, then you have the undercover billionaire. Or you go go figure that he chooses Erie, right? You know, I imagine. And, <laughs> and, and and of course, the, the rest of this history. You know, we've got all kinds of uh, you know local figures that you know appeared on that program in both seasons of that. So, all right, so. Uh, We've got much bigger cast than this. We have three of the Idiotville. Who are the other regulars, right? The the
2: other uh, main idiots are Brent and Liberty, Ryan Lewis, Ted Brogan. Um, I I still consider Marty Blacke to be one of our idiots. Uh, We had Steve Castle. He's moved on to other projects. Um, But what we did was actually expand our brand. We we started a production company. We're in the process of forming an LLC right now, and we've added shows that we all do. Uh, Ryan and Brent and me occasionally do one called Trash Sports Takes. Yeah, that's uh, if you're if you're into the Twitterverse and into uh, sports hot takes, as they say. Right, that's a great show because what we do is we find the worst takes. Possible and dissect them, and we've had some doozies.
1: I was going to say I can't even imagine after like, uh, you know, the divisional playoffs, which were so over the top crazy, what Uh, all the takes were like for that. uh, You know,
2: it's it's basically calling out people who want to be Stephen A. Smith but can't quite pull it off. Okay,
1: gotcha. Their
2: their takes are not juicy enough for ESPN, (laughs) but they're definitely juicy enough for Twitter. Uh Uh, We did this great show called Sunday Morning Drive all through the football season on an app called ColorCast. And what we were doing was we would preview that week's NFL games from noon to one. You know, we'd do our picks and we'd talk about the games. And we called it Sunday Morning Drive because Brent's parents live in Meadville. And he would be on the phone with us while he was driving to Meadville. Oh my goodness. And you could tell that he was like driving through that cell phone wasteland south (laughs) of Edinburgh (laughs) because we'd lose him. It was was, every time amateur production. And then uh, Ryan does a show called La Cafe Music podcast, okay. where he takes uh, amateur, or not amateur, but not like independent, independent. Thank you, yeah. that's the word. Uh, independent musicians, and he plays their songs. You know, they oh. they submit them to him. He'll play three or four songs per episode, and that's got a big footprint. And then we added our friends out in California. Uh, Uppy in the stash is basically just Idiotville West with a different cast of characters. Our our friend Uppy and. Uh, Stash started that right after we started ours, and they uh, they do a little bit different than we do, but mm-hmm. they're they're a great listen. And then
1: are, are they are they locally oriented like you are here, as far as talking about their local community or not so much?
2: N- not as much because they're spread out. Like Stash is in SoCal, and okay. Uppy is in Modesto. So
1: probably more national yeah. politics then. Yeah,
2: and like. not even really as politicky as here. Oh, okay. And, uh, the other one that we added most recently, well, there's two we added, uh, Marty started his own show with our good friend, Doug. It's called Charleston in charge,
0: which I thought was <laughs> the best name
2: ever. That is terrific. Ever. And, and his
3: logo was killer
2: too. Yeah. Our, our, friend Tony did the logo for him and it was just, if I can, if I can give some free pub to Tony Oshlik, that guy is one of the best graphic designers I've ever seen. Nice. Just and a
0: beautiful mind. too. Yeah, he is. He is wonderful.
2: And, uh, Marty and Doug do a lot of uh, local stuff because they're both kind of strangers in a strange land. Yeah, they're both from here, and Marty, as we said, moved to South Carolina, and gotcha. Doug relocated to Florida a couple years ago. Wow! So they they get together and talk about oh, you know I have to learn how to do this here, and this is what's different, and
1: um, the- kind of like an, uh, do they do they. A bounce-back-to-eerie type of things every once in a while? I mean, is it more of an expat kind of a feel? There is definitely an expat feel to it, and we've been on it. Uh, Yeah. I've been on. and have you been on?
3: Yeah, I've been on a couple times. Yeah.
0: And, Jake, have you been on? I have not. I've only been on Uppy and the Stash so far. And, I love
1: that name, Uppy in the Stash. I yeah, mean, that sounds like a band. It does. Or, it does. Yeah, or Chucky's in love, Uppy in the Stash. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that we added
2: recently was uh, Shaggy's House of Horrors. Okay. Oh, I'm our,
0: excited to be on that one. Our
2: friend Shaggy is a horror movie aficionado. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, he reviews horror movies, and it's it's wonderful. And we've got a bunch of other stuff in the hopper. uh Ryan and I recorded the first episode of Wrestling with History, which is a
1: historian's look at professional wrestling. I think this is brilliant. I, I heard you promoting that on, on the podcast. I'm like, absolutely. But of course, still, I remember WrestleMania 1 myself.
2: Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So it's, I mean,
1: I was an adult. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was uh, I was eight. So, yeah, yeah but yeah. I
1: remember it vividly.
2: It was, well, uh, was seven it, years was before it, Jake was born. Who so.
1: was the, the headline? Was it Hulk? It was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. There it, against, yeah, I mean, it's a mass. And people don't realize how small Mr. T is compared he, to Hulk. He is wee. He's like, wee, yes. Like, Hogan was... The, the,
2: the He's huge. At the time, he was about six foot eight. Oh, my. And I mean, but he, Mr. T was small compared to Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, yeah. Mr.
2: T was probably 5'10".
1: But that was Super Bowl level... Interest in WrestleMania One. I mean, okay. I remember it just being an absolute cultural phenomenon.
2: It it wasn't. We got into that because there was a lot of, uh, it, it was just it 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 was that that it captured that zeitgeist. That, yeah,
1: I mean, it was know, right there in,
2: was there were celebrities in the yeah. crowd and, and musicians. And this they is, were on this is pre-Trump.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it was
2: amazing. So.
1: As, far as listeners and as far as interaction and feedback, you know? It when we started, it was just for us to do something to entertain ourselves,
2: to be quite honest. We had hoped to get some reach and we started catching on. We started getting guests, people started noticing what we were doing. Uh we we deliberately would poke the bear sometimes yeah. online just to get our name out there. And we we didn't you know, we didn't think we'd be where we are now, for sure. We're still not making any money at it. Right. Don't, nobody out there, if you're getting in a podcast, don't think that you're going to make money doing it.
1: Well, the, this is this it's, is very much like anything else yeah. in the Internet. Uh, uh, you know, whether you're a book author or any any kind of creative enterprise, it is that one one-hundredth of one percent that makes all of the money, and then there's the long tail of everybody else.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we just – started being able to pay our bills where I wasn't oh, good paying for you paying stuff out of my pocket, <laughs> yes. which is really nice. That just, is nice. That was rough to try to explain to my wife why I was dropping 150 yeah. bucks a month on stuff for the podcast. but wow. um, we're probably our reach. Uh, I would say we're probably close to a thousand listeners a week. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. And, and you know we have advertisers and we've worked mm-hmm. with a lot of locals and and local businesses and stuff. We worked with uh, a Tacalypse food truck. Yep. The Conquistador of Tacos. Oh yes, the Mexican mm. applesauce is oh. the best. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Mexican applesauce is guacamole. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I and, got it. And we work with uh, Palermo Realty as one sure. of our sponsors. Mm. And you know, we've worked with some other folks. And it's, it's nice to know that this little project that Brent and I started in my basement in right. March of 2018 has grown to the point where people recognize us by voice.
1: Isn't that interesting? It, it's the strangest
2: thing in the world. Wow. Although I did have somebody say online that I was a Wish.com Seth Rogen. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> true. That I'm Walmart Zach Galifianakis. Yes. Yes.
1: Wow. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> These I, are backhanded compliments, I, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I take every insult with pride because yeah. that means that they're listening. Well, and what i what I'm what I'm really excited about is that there's become a podcasting community that's kind of come up. And so, uh, you know, you have the Our Eerie podcast, which is doing really well. They just won the Eerie Reader Award that you guys have won in the past. They stole our title. Uh, (laughs) We're coming for you, Our Eerie. (laughs) They have the belt. We're coming for you at the Civic Center. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, you think about, you know, you think about uh, podcasting and, and all the different genres, right, whether it's, the guy the guys that talk about seinfeld or the guys that i mean there's there's this whole there's whole arena of people doing these yeah,
3: things yeah it's a community it's yeah. and it's a growing community in erie and when we try to to network with those people as much as we can because we want them to be part of our successes and we want to be part of theirs too i think you know there's what's that saying you know it doesn't take anything from me if i use like my candle to light yours so there's so many good ideas out there and i'm going like, to quote <laughs> you on that that is beautiful <laughs> i mean i stole that from somebody else so yeah but be th- that's
1: beautiful but it seriously is. It's the
3: truth though like why you know why wouldn't we be helpful why wouldn't we put ourselves in a position to to help you grow and do the thing that you love because we love doing this, mm. and um, and there's so many ideas, so many roads, like you said, so many genres. There's an endless amount of possibilities for podcasts. So if you have an idea that you think sounds like a great idea, go for it, contrary to what you just said, because you have to pay for it out of your pocket sometimes. But.
1: Sometimes.
2: <laughs> Jake, I, I
3: want
1: to ask you because, you know, you got started in with these guys pretty early, too, mm-hmm. and and what is amazing to me is, you know, even in, in my pot, you know, just... By re, re um, packaging what we're doing right now will become a podcast. Is it is t- you know it it generates a lot of listeners that would not normally be listening to talk radio, which is generally a fifty five plus format. But I get thirty you know thirty somethings listening, and I would imagine you have twenties and thirty somethings listening too. Uh, what is it about the medium itself, do you think, that is so? that draws you in as, as a listener?
0: Oh, that's an easy question. Um, on-demand is our culture and is our way, and I think the older generations are starting to get into that too. But, like, we kind of, I specifically, I mean, I grew up in this kind of like, you know, you remember when Cable started doing the start over on-demand thing, and it was just like, this is so much easier because I've got sports, I've got a job, I've got school when I was in college, um, and it was just so much easier to be like, I don't have time to sit down and watch something from 6 to 7, or even listen to something between 6 and 7, but you know what? If it's a podcast or if it's on YouTube, I'll search it on YouTube and I'll go there. And I think that's, it's with our way of life now, it's a lot easier these days to do something more like that than it is to say traditionally just broadcasting it from 6 to 7. Because you know what? I might be driving Uber. Or I might be doing Uber Eats or something like that, and I can listen to it then. But, oh, like, maybe I'm not doing that today. I'm in my in my house, and I want to listen to it. You know what I mean? So you can just kind of pull it from wherever or whenever you're at.
1: And you think about all the channels now, Dill. So if you want to listen to Idiotville on a smart speaker, you can. You can listen on your phone. You, I mean, it's just too many, all these choices, right?
2: The, the big thing, I think, and I, Anna can back me up on this, is portability.
1: Yeah, uh, there you go.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and you'll see different different levels of podcasts like you'll see those microcasts that are five minutes long Mm -hmm. and then you'll see like a half hour show which is um it's a little outside of our target because we can't shut up right but you know we generally go about an hour but i follow podcasts that are three or four hours long and you have to you have to kind of come back to it
1: jake i love this because you basically went from uh, and we talked about this in the first half hour but you went from media person to political, public, public, uh, person. And how that transition? How do you feel about all that?
0: Uh, I feel like it was kind of my natural, a natural evolution looking back on it. But yeah. I mean, if you would have told me I'd be in politics, you know, two years ago, I'd be a city councilman elect. And then now finally just getting into the groove of things at the, at the borough hall. It, it's, it's been great. And I think it's, it's something that speaks to the genre of podcasting in general that just shows like, you can build yourself up yeah. with it, and don't be afraid to evolve and change. Like so I, I can't believe looking back, like how much I've changed. I'm also starting a business with my wife. Oh, cool! Um, which is going to be a lot of fun too. So we'll see how that evolves. When are you going to sleep? Never. Okay. I well, sure. <laughs> I never sleep. And um, that was
1: what I was going to ask you guys because you start out with the podcast is kind of like hey, we're going to just start recording the conversations we're already having. Yeah, And now you're building this production company. Meanwhile, you have your day jobs. Mm-hmm. Hey, where do you find the bandwidth to do all this?
3: That's Bar. a great question.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: a great <laughs> question. And I wish I knew the answer. I do a lot of, oh, I have an hour here to edit the show, or I have mm-hmm. 20 minutes to put some content together for the Patreon, or um, we have a nonstop Group text mm-hmm. that has been going on for, I mean, it's if you put your phone down for I hate that group. three hours <laughs> and and you pick your phone back up, you have 70 missed messages. Like, oh, we my just word. constantly, but it's not just about podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's, its I think that's how we collaborate best. We tried to use uh, another pro, another app, like a Slack or something yeah, like that. It was yeah, actually, Slack. that's exactly what it was. And yeah. we just kind of fell away from it because. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out myself, so... We all have messengers, so it's yes. just easier for us to get along like that. Yeah. And somehow
3: we keep our conversation straight, even though there's, like, ten different conversations going on in the mm-hmm. same room.
2: When you've got three people in your your group that all have ADD, mm-hmm.
1: then it's, uh, <laughs> okay.
2: it, it's, it's like herding cats sometimes.
1: I want to pivot to talking about eerie and hopes and dreams and disappointments, and... Um, I find it really remarkable that you that the comments on local media Facebook pages mm-hmm. was enough to say all right I'm putting a stop to this or I well not you're not putting a stop to this but I'm gonna add my voice a, in a different direction to what's going on here I mean it's it's almost like righteous indignation I feel that all the time
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's like who who are these people that are so nasty about my town? And you know what? I don't think that they live here. It's my one of my things. There's a, there's a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that used to live here mm, and have yeah. this vision in their
2: head of what Erie was like in the late 90s after all of the industry left. Yeah. And there there are always those people that are going to say well, what we need to do is bring back factories. Well, you know what? Those factories aren't coming back. No. We have to pivot to a 21st century economy, and one thing that that there's always that negative talk about Erie. You know what? I love living here. I came back here. I will never leave here. Anna moved here from Florida. Wow. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's just, yeah. W- we end every show with Brent saying, we love you, Erie, because we do. Yeah. We want Erie to be better. We, we don't want every single thing that's proposed for, and have somebody say, I don't like this because. Maybe look at it and say, I don't like this, but I can see how it could work. How can I utilize whatever is, is new and coming? And instead we get, the, I don't want that. But yeah. there's no solid reason as to why people don't want it.
3: Well, and it's so easy to focus on the negatives. But like you said, we moved here. Me and my family, We and we didn't just move here because it was the only place. We visited lots of other places, and we had some family here. So ultimately, that was one of the deciding factors. But there was family at the other places we checked out as well. Sure. Um, but like, there were things here that we needed for our family life that we weren't getting. We lived in Tampa, and you know, we have five kids. It was crazy, and our lifestyle was insane. We just couldn't, it wasn't sustainable for us. But this here was, and there was a lot of things that drew us here, and so we still look at those positives. There's something
1: to the scale of Erie yes, yes. that fits a lot of
3: people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it really is. It's a great place. We're really enjoying raising our family here, mm-hmm. and we've enjoyed how much it lets us slow down, um, and you know that we still have access to a couple of big cities, but we can kind of be back in our home and where we're comfortable, and we can run across town to you know take kids to a lesson or practice, and it's not an hour drive. There are a lot of great things about here. There really are.
1: Talk about, though, uh, you know, how people are making it in Erie. You you were affected by the pandemic. I learned that when I was yeah, on the show. Yeah. So, Can well, you tell a little bit about that story?
3: Right. Um, I, my husband and I actually met um, working in Florida in the Russian industry, and part of our reason to leave was we wanted to get out of it. So we moved here, um, and I decided to get back into it bartending, just okay. because, like I said, we have kids. I needed something flexible. Um, And so when the pandemic came around, I was laid off. You know, we didn't have anybody. And even then, especially bartending, there was a lot of times that bars were under stricter rules than even restaurants were. I mean, there was nights I went into work and we couldn't serve alcohol, so what was I doing there? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. So, yeah. Um, oh, we're
1: going to close at 11, and, or, and right. you have to only yeah. do out, out to-go cocktails yeah. or whatever.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was out of work for months, and obviously with Erie, it was like, oh, I think we thought, oh, it's going to go back into green so fast, or you're into yellow. Then we right. were like the last ones. I mean, it was awful. Oh my goodness. So And then the whole thing last year with the show, I was able to step away from that world mm-hmm. and really start focusing on building my own business and and my own brand and the projects that I want to take on and this has been the perfect place to do that because there are a lot of other people doing the same thing and where I step in to help them with their businesses you know help obviously it's helping me build my own so
1: Jake I want you to weigh in on this uh, you know I, a lot of what we see on that negative social media narrative is complaining and problems never a solution mm-hmm. you decided to kind of be a solution with what you did by running for, for governor, uh, or go- for government. Yeah, <laughs> of and, and last, not yeah,
0: one step at a time. We're going to announce it here on Talk Erie. <laughs> there you
3: go.
1: <laughs> While- no, but, I, mean, I mean, talk about, solu- you know, why doesn't anybody come up with solutions? Or And I think it's something that you guys try to talk about on the podcast, right? I mean.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's hard to say, like when I talk to my other friends, Who I have two sets of friends. I have this group, and I have my other friends. And my other friends kind of don't have this collaborative, like even like the group text. Like as much as I hate it, it's like (laughs) this. It's a it's a uh, what did I what did I call it the one time? I thought it was a perfect name for it. It's like um, the it's like the a a hive mind.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely a collective,
0: like a hive mind. And I'm like, let me pose this to the guys. Like it used to be kind of just like you know relationship questions, like we'd all talk about our families and our wives and our kids, but now it's more like I have this problem at work, I have this problem with this person, I have this problem with so-and-so, uh, we're facing this issue, and it's like instead of just going on Facebook, because that's what I used to do even, I used to do that as a 20-year-old kid, I'd, you know, I look back at some of my Facebook posts and it was just like a sad face, and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, <laughs> like I was such a weirdo, but um, I think it's a lot of people just don't, we have this huge... We have this huge collective, you know, the Internet and social media, but what we really don't have, a lot of us don't build or put in the effort like we did just kind of by accident was kind of smaller groups that kind of have that space to be not just vulnerable, but also to, like, accept feedback. Because one thing you've noticed on Facebook is, like, when somebody posts their opinion, it's immediately, like, attacked, But, like, when we post our opinion, it's like, okay, well, you know, let's talk about it. And it's a lot more collaborative and a lot less of a fight. So I feel like with those smaller groups, you get that you're kind of letting your guard down a little bit too, right? Yeah. Whereas opposed to if you post something out in Facebook world, just in the open, it's like immediately you're standoffish. But if if Dill disagrees with me on something, I'm going to listen to him because he's my friend. And I know he's not attacking me. I know he cares about me. I mean, it
1: brings it kind of just reminds me of the whole bowling alone thing, where mm-hmm. where basically there's just people that are out there that uh, don't have these strategic interpersonal connections, and and this is something that you've been able to bring together. It, it seems to me that building community will benefit our community.
2: That's it exactly, and that's Brent's big thing, and I really wish he was here to talk about it. But yeah. it's very much. Like I said, we want Erie to be better, and the best way to do it is, it it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost you, kindness is such a gift, and it's, you know, and we get mad about stuff. Believe me, we have people we do not care for, and we talk about them. But, we also make an effort to reach out to people and say, hey, I might not agree with your point of view on issue X, but I'd still like to sit down and talk to you about it. Yeah, you know, we've we sat down and, and had a couple of beers with Senator Laughlin not that long ago, mm-hmm. and he, he's he's a very engaging man. Um, not on our side of the political spectrum, but he is he is wonderful to sit down and talk to, and we're we're endeavoring to get him on the show, and it, it, that's us trying to build not just build community but build bridges because yeah. everything is so
3: polarized right now. And well, at the end of the day, a lot of people in Erie, no matter what side you're on, we have one common goal. We this, we want kind of the same end result, and so we're we're not going to shut our doors and refuse to listen to other people. That doesn't mean that we're going to agree with everything everyone says, but if we can collaborate and come together and and join you know together as much as we can, versus just you know shutting conversations down, it doesn't do anything.
1: I, I'm I'm really astounded by how much rancor there is depending on how you feel about the COVID issue. And I know a lot of that is national coming in local, mm-hmm. but it's here locally too. Like, are, do you wear a mask or don't you wear a mask? Are you vaxxed or aren't you? I mean, this is shocking to me, that level of back and forth.
2: I've I uh, I've had some some recent personal interactions with people where it was very much... The the vaccination thing really came came into view, and it's, I don't want to argue with people about it, you know? You have to live your life, like I personally, yes, I think every single person should get all three vaccinations, but it's something that you did. It's something that I did. Well, I only yeah. got two, and then I got COVID, so now I have okay. to wait. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: but, but you got you got the the plus. You're you're doing COVID plus. It's yeah, like it's like it's you're paying four ninety nine more a month. You know, no ads. <laughs> no <all>. ads. <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
2: but I don't need that, especially to be the, the driving force behind every single interaction that I have. And do you feel like it's happened quite a bit? So much, because everything goes back to, oh, the, the, you're listening to the government too much, or you're listening to the scientists, and I've done my research, and I'm, no, you haven't. Because anybody who's actually done research is going to tell you what the facts are, and people get into this mind space where they think they can have their own facts. Mm-hmm. The facts are immutable. Right, And so it, it winds up being a very contentious interaction with a lot of people. Like, we didn't bring up President Trump. We don't care what he thinks about it. Yeah, We actually have a rule that Brent and I came up with very early on called Pookie's Rule.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's Pookie's Law. Pookie's Law, yeah. Where
2: every conversation ends, every debate ends as soon as somebody brings up Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> it's kind of
2: that, like, that's, yeah. That's boom. It's like the... Uh,
1: yeah, when you call somebody a Nazi, the conversation is over. It's that kind of yeah, a thing. Right? We've adapted uh, it well, to what, what about things. Hitler? And then you're like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> oh okay, I'm that, out. i I'm gotta out, gotta go Yeah, tag thing. team, you know. No. Yeah.
2: And, Bring it out. And we've had some internal debates with it and not not calm debates. We've had some some pretty fierce internal discussions sure. about how we feel about these things. And that's fine. Have the discussions. But in the end, we're all people we're all trying to stay alive, and we're trying to make our city better, and it, it's it's like this constant deadfall roadblock in front of everything that we're trying to do is, you know, yes, it's still out there, and there's so much partisanship about everything. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't need my M&Ms to be partisan. <laughs> I really
1: don't. Uh, it, it's I, so confusing. I just
2: want to eat a bag of M&Ms. <laughs> I, I,
1: we should have had a bowl of M&Ms for you, but next, next time. time I have to ask about, like, sometimes I feel like what are, and I, and I love, I, you know, I love Dan Laughlin. I, 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 you know, I'm of the persuasion that agrees with most of what he decides. The, the, the issue being, though, I just get this sense that in Pennsylvania, with this legislature, with this governor, you know, the, you know, the, whole, the whole lot of them in Harrisburg, it, it just feels like it's a Keystone Cops. It, I've, like we can never, we can never be smart or progressive enough to match a North Carolina or a Tennessee. Um, you know, if you don't like Florida, that's fine. We'll pick another state. But but you but you know, I mean, there's people that just seem to to do things better than we do in PA. We're always you know, 45th or something, or we're, we have a terrible business climate for people, and it's like. You know, and so we we get the negative shaft of that
2: here in Erie. We really do. Uh, we get a lot of a lot of drain to the surrounding states, and there's the, the wages are higher in every other state that borders Pennsylvania. Minimum wage is higher. Um, all of those other states have legalized recreational marijuana. Those are two huge things. Actually, I don't know if Ohio has yet or not. Mm. I know that it they're probably
1: could, making their way to it. Yeah. yeah,
2: Pennsylvania needs to do that because it's a revenue stream.
1: Right. Well, and, and, and we we lean big time into the casino. That was our thing. Yeah. And we, we have more casinos than Atlantic City. and we're catching up to Nevada. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just it feels like we I we would love to have smarter governance. There there needs to, there needs to be public, private, nonprofit all you know, operating at their peak mm-hmm. and sometimes you just feel like maybe the public side is not doing what they need to do, you know.
2: Well, I was telling Anna on the way over here that I think that the purpose of government is to help people and too many people are against government in any way and it's very it's very hard for me to see because I feel like we've lost our way where we have all these special interests What about the interests of the people that voted for you? What, because a lot of these people will get elected by saying things and then do the opposite of what they say. Interesting.
3: But I think this is also where we have to talk about like local politics and how important it is for our local elections, which a lot of people bow out of. They don't go vote, and you know, twenty-five,
1: thirty percent. Right. Yeah. uh, And and so, I mean, a what
3: happens at a local level is going to affect your life, Mm -hmm. you know, exponentially more. Then, in a lot of ways, than then higher than that. But also, like you're talking about you're building up the future leaders that could go on to run for state, to run for federal. So paying attention to those people in your community that are trying to help, trying to make their voice heard, trying to to make a difference and putting their name out there, willing to be public servants. Pay attention to those people.
0: and And just to add on to what what you guys were saying just a second ago about like public versus private, some of the things I've kind of realized is a lot of people kind of have this misconception that it's also a local government's job to turn a profit, but it's not. It's like it's like people want to put the balance sheet up against a business, and it's like, well, if it's not turning a profit, it's not successful. It's, that's not how it works at all. The only profit that governments are supposed to be churning out is happiness to its citizens, and I think that's where people, because they can't make that connection – it's hard for them to understand. So it's like, oh, it's like a business, you gotta run it, and as long as it's turning a profit, no, that's not it at all. The profit or the output is happiness and contentment of the citizens. Life,
1: liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes. Sounds familiar, wow.
2: I wonder where I've heard that before. (laughs)
1: All right, I've got about four minutes with the Idiotville guys, and I wanna talk about challenges uh, as we look at just 2022. Uh, We'll go right around the room here. Dill, what do you feel like is the biggest lift for Erie this year? I think the biggest lift for Erie
2: is going to be overcoming everything we've overcome over the last two years. Some of these things that are building stuff across the street from you. We're starting to utilize more of our outdoor space, just the upgrades throughout the city. Go to Federal Hill. You know, go to Mill Creek. There's just there are things happening.
1: So you want to keep that momentum going. Yes, Do not absolutely. do not pull off from the gas pedal on no. that. No, we can't. We really can't. We, yeah, we absolutely can't. not. How about you, Anna? as you see it, uh, what, are, what is the biggest lift? What's the biggest challenge? Going I think
3: in? I think I'm going to go with Dill as far as like take a step further. I think people seeing physical change. If you can drive down a street and you see something is is changing in front of your eyes in a positive way, that's it's kind of motivation and and a po- it makes you find the positive.
1: The optics are are huge, they, aren't they, are. they? Yeah,
3: they are huge. And that's a challenge too, because I mean, a lot of these things have people have had to fight for. Like you said, there hasn't been change in in years and years. And so, Getting the stuff off the ground, getting these wheels, you know, turning and keeping them going, sometimes is a challenge.
1: It, it's interesting because you, you know, for a while there, we never saw a crane in downtown Erie, and then, you know, during the pandemic and pre-pandemic, three, four cranes going up between uh, what's happening at the Warner, at Erie Insurance, and so on. So, yeah, the the optics of we are moving forward versus we are a city of blight, and you know, we've got to tear down four thousand
3: residences. We're going to do it and we are doing it are two different things.
1: Uh Jake, uh biggest lift.
0: Um we need to not forget about Erie's satellite communities. Um Gerard, Fairview, Harbor Creek, Northeast, everything around it has as much to do with the success of Erie as Erie itself. And I feel like that gets left in the wayside a lot. Yeah. People forget about those communities. People don't even know they exist because they think it's just a part of Erie, but it's not. And they need to remember that if Erie fails, so will they, but if they fail, so will Erie. So that's a
1: total counter-narrative to what, again, I grew up with, which was, you know, a lot of people grew up in, you know, Italians like me, okay? So you grew up in Little Italy, but as soon as you can get to Mill Creek or get, you know, get to Harbor Creek, you're out of here, and you leave the city's problems behind. Jake, you're saying the city's problems are everybody's problems, and, and but... Our problems are also the city's problems. We're all in this together. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. They, they hold up Erie as much as Erie holds them up.
1: I, I agree, in, and, I, and I hope that, um, you know, those in the county and planning and, in, in pro, you know, the process, uh, you know, are always thinking. I, when I do my county executive interviews, uh, you know, I'm always talking about, you know, what are you going to do for the quarries in Union Cities and Albions along with Center City? You, you have to maintain growth.
2: Those people out there are just as important as the people who live in the city. Where do you think Erie's population is going? It's not yeah. it's not going to Pittsburgh. They're not it's even leaving going, the county. It's you know? going to these these yeah. suburbs.
1: Yeah. Um I have like two minutes left. I what what do you think is would be a cool thing for Erie to lean in on as far as an industry goes? Because I, I feel like I feel like we need to make sure that, I I feel like we need to lean in on what we're already good at, but. Tech. Erie has
2: to lean in on tech. It's, no matter what it is, we need to attract companies that do something with technology.
1: Do you like the ideas of these little uh, starter companies, the accelerator companies? Incubators? Incubators incubators and all that? Okay. Um,
2: Any, any, the shared workspace idea is great. One thing the pandemic has taught us is that the old ways aren't necessarily the best ways.
0: I'll take that one step further, not just with tech, but also with uh, entertainment and movies. I feel like we have Mm. this, and here's why, we have this vast landscape. We have Mm. hills, we have a lake, we have old, decrepit buildings, we have new buildings, we have construction. How many movies... Can you, you can think of a movie, and it's like you can, you can picture in your mind where that would be filmed in Erie, just because it, of, there's, such, there's so many different landscapes, right? What was it,
1: the road that was filmed out at yeah. the, in the middle of the winter on the peninsula? Because that made a lot Best of sense. Best part of the movie was that <laughs> was... Yeah, was, oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Vito Mor- Morganson right, was yeah. uh, sitting uh, on the beach in the cold. i uh, got to love that. Well, we want to thank you guys so much. Anna Hartvigson. You got it. Jill yeah. Spears and Jake News from the Idiotville podcast. And we thank, we thank you for your passion for the community. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having us. It's our
0: pleasure. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from talkerie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.